Have you ever found yourself looking at all the things on your calendar and your to-do list and thought, I can't believe I have so much to do. It's not fair. Or maybe you've <laughs> looked at the cute skinny mom at preschool drop-off and thought to yourself, ugh, it's not fair. It's so easy for her. And here I am having to think about every single item I put in my mouth. Ugh. Or the really fun one, I was so good all week and then one day of not being super hyper vigilant about what I ate and I regained all the weight I lost last week. It's not fair. Yeah, I am raising my hand, uh, totally admitting that I have said yes, that's me. I have said it's not fair to all three of those circumstances at one point in my life. And so today we're talking about the concept of it's not fair and how that thought is so not helping us and how to turn around that thought and manage your mindset around things rather than being the victim to everything around you. So ready to tackle one of the sneaky sentences that sabotages our success? Oh yeah, here we go. Do you ever feel like you know all the diet rules about eat this, but not that, and so you know what to do, but you just have a hard time actually doing it? I'm here to tell you, you are not the problem. Hi, I'm Lizzie. Welcome to the Confident Body Podcast, where we talk about all the mental and emotional parts of weight loss that diets don't tell you. It's time to step past the shame and the guilt from old diets and stop feeling like you're waiting to lose weight in order to fully participate in life. If you're ready to drop the diet mindset and learn what it takes to truly feel happy and confident in your own skin, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you so much for your time. Let's get right to it. So it's not fair. Mm -mm -mm. I, I cannot tell you how many times this has come up. And it's interesting how it comes up in different ways. And it, they all tend to impact our weight loss because whether it's, it's not fair that XYZ is happening in my life, or it's not fair that my husband can, you know, think about losing weight and drops 10 pounds, or it's not fair that I had one day off plan and suddenly I gain all that weight back. All of that ends up impacting our weight loss. Because whether it's the food that we ate or the mindset that when we tell ourselves it's not fair, we're basically showing up as the victim in our life. And when you feel like a victim, you feel powerless. And we know that our thoughts lead to feelings and our feelings lead to actions and our actions lead to results. So if the thought is it's not fair, the feeling is powerless or powerlessness, when I feel powerless or powerlessness, I'm not sure what's the grammatically correct there. You get it. Anyway, when I feel like that, what do I do? When I feel powerless, I'm like, well, screw it. I might as well just eat. And when you might as well just eat, what results do you get? You gain weight. And so there is a very almost mathematical progression of that thought. It's not fair and how it leads to sabotaging our weight loss success. So today we're going to look at three different examples of where it's not fair shows up in our lives. So let's start with number one. It's not fair that XYZ is happening in my life. So I was speaking to a client of mine the other day, and she was saying, I really need some help managing my mindset around this. So the holidays are coming up and I have to go to my in-laws because it's just, it's it's a thing. You know, we've, we've been through this with my husband and they have pets and I'm drastically allergic to pets and they get kind of offended when we stay in a hotel. Um, so they've even like added on a, a room for me to stay in that they keep the pets out of. 
But when I go there, I'm just, my eyes are so itchy and I feel terrible and it's not fair. Like I just, I, I can't, I feel like everything is being, is kind of happening to me. I feel terrible while I'm there. And then there's a lot of like kind of passive aggressive stuff going on. And my husband is so triggered by his father because there's a lot of like, you know, not good enough feelings. And it's just, I, I don't, I don't know how I can handle this. And first of all, we can always acknowledge that there are challenging situations in our lives. Like you never want to, you know, gaslight yourself into saying like, it's not that bad or somebody else has it worse. Like, listen, there are challenging circumstances in our lives. At the same time, we make it harder for ourselves when we, when we say it's not fair, when we say, you know, I don't have a choice. And so when I was speaking to my client about this, I said, I totally get what you're feeling and what you're saying. I want to honor that. And let's look at here. Like you said, I don't have a choice. Is that really true? Like what choices do you have? And she said, well, I could choose not to go and, you know, and send my husband and the kids on without me, but that would be terrible because my husband would feel like I, I, you know, was not supporting him and the kids would be like, mom, what's your, what's your deal? So I don't want to do that. You know, I could, I could go and stay in a hotel, but then the in-laws will be upset and, um, you know, or I could make the whole family stay home. Um, but then my husband feels like a jerk because he's not seeing his parents. And I said, okay, so you do have choices. Like you don't necessarily like your choices, but you have some. So that right there was kind of a step up in, in the energy of the feeling because she was feeling like, I have no choice. I have to go. And we said, you do have choices. You don't like your choices, but you do have some. And so she, she already began to feel like she had a little bit of agency. And then I said, all right, so you proactively choose to go with your husband to his parents' house. Um, why? And, you know, she said, well, I mean, I, I, I love my husband. I want to support him. I feel like I'm supposed to. It's an obligation and so forth. And I said, what if you looked at this differently? Instead of I have to go to my in-law's house and, you know, there's the pets there and I have all these allergies. What if you flipped it in your mind and said, I choose to go with my husband and be <laughs> like his support animal for when he is in a challenging situation? Because she also said that it was difficult for her husband to visit with his family. And like, what if you choose to go, not because you're supposed to, but because you choose to be there as a support for your husband? What if that's the reason why you go? And she's like, well, that's, that's kind of different. And I was like, what if he, he is not really able to have the resources to support you at your in-law's house because he is so kind of elevated and triggered himself. And so it makes sense while you've been feeling like the victim in the circumstance, but maybe he needs support from you. And what if every time your mother-in-law says something that hurts your feelings or your father-in-law does something crazy, you can look at this as almost, you know, almost humorous. It's like, wow, here this is happening again. And actually it's not about me. It's about me being here to support my husband. And that really helped her kind of switch things around a little bit in her mind. <laughs> and here's a little bit of like a side, um, side piece of advice that a friend gave to me one time was even in those circumstances, like sometimes it's just really hard to, to separate yourself. 
And so she said, you know that, that show, The Office? And I'm like, yeah, of course. Everybody knows the show, The Office. She's like, imagine you are in, the, are in the show. And she said, break the fourth wall. I was like, what does that mean? And she said, imagine you're in a show. And like the show is the, um, the documentary of your family life. And something crazy happens. And to just look to the side, directly into the camera with like, can you believe this is happening? And just like step out of your life for a second and like look at it for the humor of what's going on. So that also I could give as a piece of advice for you. If, you, if you're struggling sometimes with family dynamics, break the fourth wall. Just look at it like, wow, if I was making a documentary of my life, this would be kind of hilarious right now. Another example of where I was talking with somebody where it was like, it's not fair that this is happening in my life. And we were able to look at it from a different perspective was um, um, a lady who she's she was a grandmother and she's retired and um things had changed recently and her ch- her child i think it was her daughter needed help with um transporting the kids the grandkids to various things and so my client was now a lot busier because she was taking her client uh, excuse me her grandkids to and from different places and she actually found herself kind of eating off plan and emotionally a lot more because she was busier and she was, you know, going here, there and everywhere. And as we talked about it, she said, I noticed kind of the secret voice underneath the surface that says, it's not fair that I'm doing all these things. I'm retired. And then she said, I mean, I I guess I have this, this, this sentence in my brain of like, when people are retired, they just sit around and relax all the time. Not that I would actually want to do that. Like I, I want to go, you know, be busy and active and do stuff. And she actually even worked part-time, but it was very useful for us to kind of help her surface. There was this subtle rule in the back of her mind that says retired people equals sit back and relax all the time. And she was not doing that. She was not relaxing. She was driving. And so she felt like it's not fair that I'm not getting to sit back and relax. And so again, I, I asked where are you choosing the things on your schedule? And also, how can you get clear on your expectations? It's, do you want to just sit back and relax and watch TV while you're retired? And she's like, no, I don't actually. So I'm like, okay. So just surfacing that subtle expectation and busting it is progress. Then we can ask, where are you proactively choosing the things on your schedule? And she said, well, I, I, I mean, I love my grandkids. I love spending time with them. And sure, it can be a little tiring and hectic to drive them around town, but it really is quality time with them. And I was like, yeah. And it, what a difference in the feeling. You know, remember, thoughts lead to feelings, feelings lead to actions. What's the difference in the feeling between I have to take the kids to the whatever, to the you know, gymnastics, versus I get to spend 15 extra minutes with my grandkids today? Like, what a difference in that feeling. And when you're feeling that filled up, I get to spend time with my grandkids today, you're a little less likely to eat emotionally later on. And so that's the first way that you can look at, look at your calendar, look at your to-do list, wherever you're feeling like it's not fair, I'm so busy, I'm so stressed out. Examine your thought process. Where are your choices? Because a lot of times we feel like I don't have any choice. Well, you do. You are proactively choosing this. Why? Are you choosing to support your husband? Are you choosing to spend time with your grandkids? Are you choosing to show up at this meeting because you value your job and the contribution you can make to it? Are you choosing to uh, make 
brownies for the kids bake sale because you want to support your your daughter, whatever it is, wherever you feel like I have to acknowledge yourself, I do have choices. And I'm proactively choosing this. And here's why. And so you can make it mean something. It's not necessarily changing the action, but it sure does change how you feel about things. And when you change your feelings, you change your results. All right, let's look at the second example of it's not fair. So I have a story in my book from when we lived in Guam and um, kids were in preschool at the time, which is why I use the preschool example. But uh, Guam, if you don't know much about Guam, it's this very small island in a very, very large ocean. And the temperature ranges between like 79 and 85 every single day of the year. <laughs> and it's very windy and very sweaty and very sandy, but otherwise it's amazing. Um, now, I don't mind being sweaty and sandy and windy and amazing, um, but like every day uh, I was like, it is just not worth trying after a while. So basically every day I showed up with workout clothes and a baseball hat for a solid year. And so we go to pick up the kids from from school and every day, you know, you, basically you kind of like you you come to the parking lot and you get out of the car and you stand by your car and wait for the kids to come out of school. And there was this mom who, you know, she did the same thing. She parked her car and she stood outside her car and she was gasp, showered, uh, makeup, had put on some cute clothes. And the, let's just say the part of me that I'm not so super proud of looked at her and was like, Ugh, can you believe that? Are you, are you kidding me? Ugh. <laughs> just all of the thoughts. And what was interesting was like my beneath the surface, what my brain was saying, it's not fair. It's so much easier for her. Here I am, I have to work out every day just to try and not gain weight while I'm in Guam. And also manage everything that I'm eating and pay so much attention. And she just makes it look so easy. It's so much easier for her. It's not fair. And you know, a lot of times we can do this. Um, I, I get this with my clients will say like, my husband can think about having a salad and he loses 10 pounds. It's not fair. And it's, it's so fascinating when we do that. Number one, our brains are pretty straightforward, you know, machines, if you think about it, our brains are never going to let us become something we disdain. So if we take us back to my example of the preschool drop off with the mom, here I am disdaining this mom who's looking cute, and put together. I'm like, ugh. and so I'm sending a message to my subconscious mind saying we do not want to look like that, because we disdain that. That's not a happy message I wanted to send to my brain. And of course, happy ending turns out cute mom was actually really nice. And we ended up having some lovely afternoons together. But be careful of this thought because your brain will never let you become something that you look down on, something that you disdain, something that you're jealous of. So be really clear about your thoughts. In addition, what are your expectations? Disappointment happens when reality doesn't meet our expectations. So what are you expecting? Why would you expect it to be easy to lose weight for you versus your husband or your partner or your girlfriend? Why would you expect it to be the same weight loss experience for your husband and you, for your partner and you, for your girlfriend and you, for the cute mom and you? People come in lots of different shapes and sizes. And that's just the biology of it. People also have 
one-of-a-kind experiences in their lives. No two lives are the same. Those experiences that each person experiences in their life can create limiting beliefs, can create the, you know, beliefs that they can do it, that they're always going to be skinny. They, it can create all kinds of mental uh, heuristics. That's a, you know, 50 cent word for you there. Basically, rules of thumb that may exist for one person and not for another. Literally, no two people have the same life. No two people have the same body, even twins, identical twins, different bodies. So why would weight loss be the same for somebody when their lives and their bodies are not? Why should how easy or hard it is for your husband to lose weight have any bearing on your experience? Same, same thing with the person down the street. Why should their experience with weight loss have anything to do with you? Your body is different. Your life experiences are different. Everything is different. And so whatever it is for somebody else has no bearing on you. In addition, when we think like it's not fair that so-and-so can lose weight so easily and I can't, where are you arguing with reality? I mean, let's be honest. Reality wins every time. I can say it shouldn't be this way. It should be easier until I am blue in the face. But that does not change reality. Here's an example. You can feel frustrated that the baby wakes up in the night, but the baby is still going to cry. It's not the baby's fault that the baby has a tiny stomach and can only go three or four hours between waking up and being hungry. You can hate changing dirty diapers, but the reality is the baby is still going to make some messes. Arguing with that, arguing with the reality of the baby waking up at night or the baby messing up their diaper doesn't change the fact that the baby does wake up in the night and the baby does mess up their diaper. But you know what it does do? It creates a lot more churn and strife and suffering for you. So when we argue with reality, it doesn't change anything except make us more miserable. So notice when you're arguing with reality. And also, let's just normalize it. We all do it. We all should. All over the place. It should be easier. I should be I should be over this by now. I should know better. We have a whole episode on I should know better. Go back and check it out. It's not bad. But once you recognize that you're arguing with reality, then acknowledge, where am I saying things should be different? Notice that whatever you're saying should be different, it is what it is. It is reality. You don't have to argue with it. But what you can do is ask, what is within my control? And how can I move forward from here? So you save yourself a lot of stress and uh, suffering when you can say life is or XYZ is what it is. It is, it is this way. How, what is within my control and how can I move forward from here? Okay. And finally, the third way and possibly my favorite way that it's not fair is this one. It's, like, it's not fair that I can work. Here, drama voice, please. It's not fair that I can work all week to lose weight and be really good. And then one bad day and I gain it all back. It's not fair. I know. I, I'm so like, again, raising my hand. I said this for a long time. But here you go. Weight loss fact. Get out your pens. Write this down. Small changes lead to long-term weight loss. Just like small extras lead to weight gain. Small changes lead to long-term weight loss. Small extras lead to weight gain. Small little bits do matter. It does make a difference. 
And you can say to yourself, it's not fair that small extras lead to weight gain. Come on, I should be able to have some wiggle room. Okay, well, there's the, the should word again. You're arguing with rea- words. You are arguing with reality. But first of all, let's just honor, it's so normal to have that thought. It's not fair that small extras lead to weight gain because of the, the diet rules that we have all grown up with. They've taught us if you do this, then you can have dessert. Or if you get X number of points and you can kind of almost buy extra points back. Or this kind of food doesn't count for extra points. So basically all of those weight loss programs have taught us how to game the system. They've taught us that if I can game the system, then small little extras shouldn't hurt, shouldn't quote count. But here's the reality. There is no system to game. It's like gravity. It just is what it is. There's no system. Going back, small changes lead to long-term weight loss, just like little extras lead to weight gain. It's like gravity. You can argue with gravity, but it's still going to make an apple fall from a tree. So once you can accept that reality, that small extras do lead to weight gain, it makes it so much easier to work with that principle with that almost (laughs) like law of gravity versus railing against it in your mind. Again, when we argue with reality, we don't change anything. We just create a lot of extra suffering for ourselves. Also, in addition, if you can expect that little extras lead to little gains, then that takes away a lot of the drama. Here's an example. I uh, used to have a snack every afternoon between lunch and dinner. And over time, I began to ask myself, like, am I hungry? for this? I'm like, almost never am I hungry between lunchtime and dinner, Uh, at least not physically hungry. But almost always, I'm emotionally hungry. And I I will be honest, the day I realized that I wasn't physically hungry was kind of sad. I was like, but I want my snack. It was like my whoopee. And so I began to practice little by little, slowly, what happens if I don't have a snack between lunch and dinner? And my body was just fine. My brain, it took a little bit of time to kind of get used to. And I'll, you know, I'll be honest, there are definitely days where my brain is like, I know I'm not physically hungry, I'm emotionally hungry, and I just don't care. I'm having a snack today. I'm like, okay, then I can own it. Instead of saying, it shouldn't matter. I know that it does matter. And I'm owning that decision. I, re- I remember when I realized that like, Uh, a handful of crackers or like a little bowl full of crackers before dinner, like when I'm cooking dinner, um, just about every single time leads to an uptick on the scale the next day. And for a long time, I was like, this is not fair. It's just crackers. It shouldn't count. Shouldn't, Shouldn't matter that much. And then finally one day I was like, all right, it just does. It just, it just is. I can just know that my little bowl full of crackers before dinner means the scale's going up tomorrow. I don't like it, but it is what it is. And so now when I choose to have a bowl full of crackers, I'm knowing that the scale is going to be something up tomorrow and I don't have to fight it. I can work with it instead of against it. And it also helps you to kind of release some of that self-judgment. And when you release that self-judgment, it creates more ease and capacity to engage in the habits you want to do. It allows you to open up for learning as opposed to judgment. Self-judgment literally thwarts your progress. When you can expect the little bumps 
or expect the missed days, expect the off-plan eats, expect the upticks on the scale, when you just know, like, it's happening, it's, it's part of, you know, gravity, if you will, then it becomes less of a big deal and you can just move on. You can just say, I know that little bowl of crackers is going to have the uptick on the scale tomorrow, so maybe today I'm going to pass. Maybe tomorrow I'm going to choose it and, and handle the uptick. Either way, I don't have to make the drama around it. So are you ready for our one tiny confident body action step for this week? Here we go. Where do you notice a should in your life? Or like, it shouldn't be this way. He shouldn't have said that. Um, It should be easier. It's not fair. See if you can just notice it. And then acknowledge whatever it is, XYZ is what it is. I don't have to argue with reality. I, I don't have to argue with gravity. It is this way. What is within my control? So flip it to what is within my control and then notice I am choosing X, Y, Z. I do have choices here. Flip it from I have to, to I get to. All right. So step one is notice wherever it's not fair or some shoulds are in your life. Acknowledge that X, Y, Z is what it is and ask yourself what's within my control. And number three, notice that you do have choices and you are choosing X, Y, Z and tell yourself, I don't have to, I get to. And by the way, there's a whole section in my book about little sneaky saboteurs like it's not fair or I have to, and that can get in the way of our weight loss and what to do about them. So if you ever found yourself kind of circling down the drain of the it's not fair tunnel, then check out my book. Just search for You Are a Miracle on Amazon, which by the way, might make a great holiday gift for somebody in your life, or you could ask for it from someone in your life as a gift to you. And If there's anything in this episode that's helped you, it would be amazing if you would write a review. I would so appreciate it. And it might help somebody else find the podcast. It might help them feel a little less alone. And finally, remember, before we go, love yourself. Because you get to be in charge of your choices. Even if you don't love your options, you do have choices. So remind yourself why you are choosing XYZ based on your values. Make it mean something to you. And give yourself back the agency and the power that is already yours. All right, that's what I got for you this week. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening today. Seriously, I know it's not a small thing, and I genuinely appreciate it, and I hope it helped you. Make sure you head on over to confidentbody.coach/tips and sign up for my seven top tips for little shifts that create big results so that you can start feeling confident in your body right now. I will see you next week. And until then, remember, you are a miracle.